Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Sultan, Tony Dosen. Yes, welcome to Splinters on a Tuesday night on Triple H 100.1 FM and also web streaming on a Tuesday night at www.triplehfm.com.au and later at podcasts.com. And wherever else you pick up your podcasts shortly after that. The good places, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and all the bad places as well. Yes, it's time once again to continue our season previews of grassroots football, grassroots rugby league. Last week, of course, we discussed the Sydney Shield. You can still look up that podcast episode as well between myself and Keith Topolsky. It's got some good feedback already. We go a step further. We now talk Ron Massey Cup. We are, as this episode has been put to bed, just days away from kickoff. Unbelievable, isn't it? It only seemed like yesterday that Wentworthville, the Magpies, won their third successive Ron Massey Cup title when they defeated St Mary's at Leichhardt Oval last September. Plenty to get through. There's a new element this year with the Fiji Silk Tales to discuss that. We've brought out the heavy artillery in more ways than one. Very well uh, travelled and respected rugby league expert at this level of the game. One of the best photographers out there in the marketplace. And he's also linked on the staff part-time to our own Asquith Magpies. He goes by various monikers out there in the social media landscape. But we're going to go by his real name and his business name, Bright and Sharp of Bright and Sharp Photography. We've been meaning to get you on splinters for a heck of a long time. You've finally relented. Watch those splinters at the corner of the bench. Welcome aboard. Thanks, Tony. Uh, yeah, finally finally uh, made some time for you and, and the, the great listeners of splinters. Indeed. Um, really, really looking forward to this Ron Massey Cup season. I think uh, it promises so much. Uh, new elements of Fiji in it. Uh, just really just going to be really exciting. Well, let's talk about Fiji straight off the bat. They have the honour of opening the Ron Massey Cup, the historic first match on Saturday the 14th of March. They will kick off the competition as well as introduce themselves. They will be playing the first of their nine home games at Churchill Park in Lautoka when they take on an opposition that are returning from the wilderness. They've been out of uh, commission at this level of the game for the last three years. They make their return. There's been changes at board level, changes off the field, which has allowed this group to come back. The Windsor Wolves, we know their history. They take on the Fiji Silk Tales first up. It's a 2pm Sydney time kickoff, 3pm Fiji time kickoff on Saturday, the 14th of March. There'll be no end of dignitaries taking the trip across to Fiji as the Silk Tales make their entry, Bryden. Uh, the first time a regular New South Wales Rugby League open-age competition has been played outside of the Australian mainland. Yes, very very exciting, Tony. Um, I think it'll it'll boost the, uh, the Should interest. Should I say the Australasian yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, diaspora, including the New Zealand Warriors, of course? Correct. I think it'll uh, boost the interest in the Ron Massey Cup, which is something uh, obviously myself and yourself have spoken about in, in depth about the the lack of interest shown in, in this competition as well as the, the Sydney Shield. Um, the Silk Tales, look. 
Let's get down to yeah. business now, shall we? They're going to be an unknown quantity. They are going to be an unknown quantity. We've heard various stories about, let's be frank, how they have struggled to get to the start line. Colin Fraser, Hollywood, was their CEO. Uh, he walked away five weeks ago due to various problems that he saw. Question marks have been frankly thrown around about presence of Petro Sivanasiva. Great player that he was, great representative and figurehead for Fiji that he still is. Their trial games haven't been against Ron Massey Cup standard teams. They've been played against Papua New Guinea domestic teams and a couple of selections internally. We know they're not going to have any expats allowed to come back at least in year one. Brandon Coston, very experienced man who was currently the Fijian head coach of the national team for the Rugby League World Cup in 18 months' time is taking up the, the cudgels with the silk tails. We really won't know where they're at, but there are all sorts of stories about their struggles, about things not coming together. As recently as three weeks ago, there was talk that they wouldn't even make the start line. Yeah, uh, look, I think they'll be big. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be mobile. How will they adapt to the style of the top Ron Massey Cup sides? I don't know. I think they'll be very, very hard to beat at home. I think I think the travel to, to Sydney in two-week blocks will hurt them. It'll it'll turn into, I think, more of a chore to come to Australia to play. Mm. In, this is in the first season. Obviously, any team coming into a competition like this for the first time is going to have teething problems. Um, and, it's, and it's to be expected. But like you said, Brendan Coston, a man of great experience, great footballer, um, coaches the national side, um, I think he'll have them ready to go, mm. and I think they're they're probably lucky to get Windsor first first up, rather than another opposition that could provide them with something. It's probably pointed that they've been given Windsor first up so that they have some sort of soft entry into the competition. It wouldn't be a good look if they play Wentworthville and got lapped in round one, would it? Correct. Indeed. All right. So as far as personnel, we really don't know a lot about them, but they're all going to be internally domestic. The other thing, the other question mark I have is that. Whilst it's great to have Papua New Guinea have an entrance in the Queensland Cup, which is the bow that's been used by the Fijians to come in here, it's a different kettle of fish. Papua New Guinea is the only nation on the planet where rugby league is the number one national sport. The only nation on the planet. Fiji, rugby league is still a minor sport and it's struggled to get a toehold behind rugby union for the last 30 years, just about. So that's going to be a problem as far as player depth is concerned. Okay. But let's see what happens. They do add that extra element. They do add that colour that the competition needs, at least in the initial stages. Their opposition, the Windsor Wolves. They've been out of the wilderness or in the wilderness for three years. Changes at board level has seen them come back. We talked about their question mark capability in the Sydney Shield. If they're going to make a mark on their return, it's going to be in this competition, isn't it, under their coach Luke Della. Uh, they've got some... Uh, ex-Penrith connections involved in the club in a coaching and conditioning uh, facility, but they've been out of it for three years. Sure, they won a Penrith A-grade comp, but it's hard to pick up when you've been away, and that's going to be Windsor's problem. Correct. I, I think I think the first year back, they, they will struggle. Um, obviously, they well, the end of 2019, they were chasing nearly every player under the sun in Ron Massey Cup and, and Sydney Shield trying to build for 2020. Um, but coming back into this competition from A grade is a huge step. It's massive. Um, they the have... Ron Massey Cup is littered with clubs that have found that step hard. Correct. Big Inclu clubs, including Asquith, including St Mary's. Well, look at Penrith Brothers. 
yep. you know, they pulled out of the Ron Massey Cup to concentrate on Shield this year to rebuild for Ron Massey Cup next year. They needed a rebuilding year because mm. they, they went into the deep end. Um, look, they've they've tried to sign a bit of experience with with Brendan Waters. Um, look, he'll he'll lead them around the park, but how much help is he going to get? I saw them play in their their first trial against uh, Glebe. Yep, and, and they look very unfit. They look. And we should we should mention that it was a second string Glebe side. It was mm-hmm. more more a Sydney Uni side. Um, look, they've got a bit of bit of experience. Tyrone Shelley, more yep. clubs than Tiger Woods, but he's he's having another crack. Um, Josh Fraser will add a lot of experience. Um, and then you, former Asquith Magpie, yep. former Blacktown workers, yep. yeah, Hills District Bulls. Um, you got Mitch Kennedy. Mitch Kennedy is a massive acquisition for them. He's going to be the the backbone of their pack this yep. year, without. No question. And it's going to be uh, different seeing Tom Morrison play in something other than a West jersey as well. <laughs> so, um, like looking at, at the players that we, we've seen in, in trials, I think they're going to be a bit light on in the backs. Their forwards, they've got Cowan and Perry. Mm. He looked a bit heavy. And they've got uh, Nullaki as well that used to play yes. for, for Wentworthville. And he was damaging mm. six years ago when he but was playing there. That was six years That's ago. That's correct. And Brendan Waters was the best player in the competition three correct. or four years ago. And we haven't cited Nathan Davis. Nathan Davis was going to be their big signing, and we haven't seen him. And who knows where he is? And he may have gone like a lot of players of that ilk, walkabout, again. Yes. And it wouldn't be the first time Nathan Davis has gone walkabout on the edge of the start of a competition. Which is, so which is a shame. He, mm. he, he would add a lot to that back line. Absolutely. Um, look, I think they'll struggle, and, and they'll be at the bottom of the ladder, unfortunately. As you'd almost expect in year one, but... They might get a win first up. Might be a tight game on that historic opener. It'll be a great occasion for everyone involved in Lautoka on Saturday. Just one quick question. How did Asquith get that national stadium? There's one, uh, uh, there's one home game that the Silk Tails won't be playing in Lautoka. It will be later in the season, round 21, I believe, August the 8th. Yep. August the 8th at the most prestigious venue in the country, the ANZ National Stadium in Suva, 15,000 seat capacity, a spiritual home for the Fijian Sevens, the Fijian First 15 ranked the Union team when Fiji won their gold medal, the historic gold medal in the Sevens in Rio four years ago. 20,000 packed that venue out on a big screen to watch Fiji win that gold medal. And ask what they're going to be playing there. Yeah, look, uh, very, very exciting. Um, we're not looking forward to the three-hour bus trip from Nandy Airport to get to <laughs> get to Suva, but uh, look... As uh, you do. Look, we got, we got lucky. There's three sides that have to go over there and play on a Friday night, which means they have to travel probably Friday. Look, we really haven't discussed Fiji much at Asquith. We're, we're obviously more concentrating on, on the season ahead, but... You know, it, it it is exciting. Some of any these, any re- yeah. any any reason why? Oh, I don't I don't know. No, I don't, we don't know. Don't we don't know, know how they, how the Suva game. Origin, originally, we heard that um, they were going to play Wentworthville and St Mary's at uh, the National Stadium because they were the two grand finalists. And then when the draw came out, we were lucky enough to pop the major stadium, which is it, it's exciting. Well, let's watch that space when it comes forward. All right, let's go to another two sides who will also be playing on opening day. Back in Australia, whilst the first match is taking place, it will be two sides meeting each other at Henson Park on Saturday the 14th of March at 3 o'clock. And two sides who I think 
have great aspirations for this year. Make no bones about that. The Glebe Concord Wolves, as they're officially being titled this year, the Burwood United faction has now been dispensed of by uh, various elements, and the Hills District Bulls, who we know also well here at Triple H. Firstly, let's have a look at the Wolves. Under Nike Aaron Zamet, we still remember in the back of our mind that tragic end of their 2018 season, that refereeing decision in that preliminary final against Wentworthville that went the wrong way, which cost them probably a premiership, let alone a grand final berth. Well, it was their own hand of God, wasn't it? They, pretty, they much, pretty much. Pretty yeah. much that, that pass, that... It was ruled a strip, the yeah. hand of God ruling. We, we won't go there. We won't even mention that referee's name now. We beat it to death for uh, long enough. But it affected their whole 2019 season, Glebe Burwood. They've tried to turn a new page and turn the corner. They've got some good signings. Greg Eastwood, of course, is the biggest of them. Massive. In size, shape, stature and a lot of things. Hopefully, his attitude will be right and that he will do good things. We've seen players have come back to the Ron Massey Cup at the end of their NRL careers and they've just marked time. We've seen a couple that haven't, but hopefully Greg Eastwood is one of those that don't. We do know that any side coached by Nike Aaron Zammett always has that volcanic volatility that they bring to the table that always, always makes matches against the Wolves exciting in more ways than one and I don't expect this year to be any different starting with this first match. Look, I think the the biggest thing for the Wolves is what they get back from Newtown, Cronulla. That's what why their 2018 was so good. I think in the semi-final when they played Asquith, I think 13 of their 17 were Newtown contracted. That's why they went so far. Last year, Cronulla being fairly injury-free, Newtown being injury-free, going through unchanged pretty much every week and winning the comp, or winning both state competitions filtered down to to Glebe and and they felt it they really did feel it it's probably hard look it's hard to say how they're going to go because it relies so much on what they get back from Newtown and and Cronulla the x factor now is that Fiji also have an agreement on the side with with Cronulla Cronulla. as well yes so where do they fit into but I think that that agreement is more when Fiji are out here they're going to use Cronulla's facilities and and training grounds and things Mm. like that but Cronulla, obviously, if they see a Fijian player, they're going to want to get him in, get him into their system. Mm. Look, talking about signings for for Glebe, you got Malachi Huma. Yes. Um, Kem Ser- Kem Seru. Big back. Kem Seru's back. Well, I wouldn't call him big anymore. He's the fittest I've seen him. I really? Saw him, I saw him in a trial at Thelmere, and I barely recognised him. So he's lost that much weight. He's lost a lot of weight. Yes, I think. But uh, will he lose his effectiveness? No, not at all. Because yeah. he has speed, agility, yeah. and power yeah. at his best. Well, they had him and Greg Eastwood in, in the in the Fords out there that day, and they just they just ran through a third string Blacktown side, but mm-hmm. they they were impressive. They were also got uh, Isaac Rabakatoa mm-hmm. from West, who scored. Yep. He was their leading try scorer yep. last year, nineteen yep. tries. Mm. Pat Murphy, who's been around for, for years. Forever, and he's and, been at every club yeah. the, the, under the sun. Yeah, the, the old Auburn, Auburn, Auburn uh, Warriors. Auburn Warriors, yep. And then you've got TJ Ueli, who's coming back from injury. Who's, now, this is the intriguing yes. signing, TJ Ueli. Mm. At his best, he's almost NRL standard. Correct. There's no doubt about that. But he's been injury prone. He's had you know problems between the ears. You don't know what you're going to get. Is he going to be able to handle playing at this level to start with? Because at his best... He could be X-Factor. Correct. 
he was he was the next big thing at St George at, at one stage. You add in players that are at Newtown as well, like Isaac Thompson from yep. St Mary's, mm. um, Brock Islets there, Addison Demetrius. Another back. enigma. Another enigma if, at his best. If he stays fit, a lot of ifs yeah, with Addison Demetriou. It, it is another NRL quality player who yep. at his best is devastating, but again, is rogue between the ears. Yep, they've added John Olive. John Olive's there as well. Yep. Um, Tyler Tarmow. Yep. Quality. Uh, Brendan Finnegan. Uh, back to the Cronulla system, I'd mm-hmm. imagine, where he, where he came from. And Eddie Iono. Who's been everywhere as yeah. well. But what a signing if he's fit. He's quality as well. So on paper, they could threaten. Very but much there's so. A, but there's a lot of ifs there. Correct. And that's why, for mine, bottom half of the eight... They get their you-know-what together, they could start a run. It's yep. been proven. You can come from the bottom half of the eight in this competition, such as the evenness. Yep. All right, let's go to their opponents at Henson Park in round one. The Hills District Bulls. We've become close to them at Triple H. We're really looking forward to calling the Gremo again. We want to make that Gremo match our own here at Triple H. It probably should have been somebody else's, but it was a, one of the great occasions of Massey Cup and Park footy, second tier footy every year, is the Nathan Gremo. Sunday, May 31 this year against Guildford. I'll tell you now, we will be there for Triple H. What a year they had last year, floundering for most of the season, and then all of a sudden they went on this run at the back end of the year. Heath Lestrange, another John Farnham, Dame Nelly Milbert come back, led the way, and they had this momentum going into September which eventually came up short, one game short of the grand final in a preliminary final. I still think that uh, semi-final against Asquith at Leichhardt Over was one of the best games of the entire season in the competition last year. We know what they're like at their best. We know that Mick Withers will probably be improved as a coach with one year in this system under his belt, given his uh, track record and background. But the question mark I have about the Bulls is consistency. Correct. Now, they're the, definitely the surprise packets of 2019. Definitely. Um, sort of moulded their game on bashing teams into submission. They didn't throw a lot of structure at, at, at teams. That came with a bit of inexperience in the halves with uh, Joel Bradford and, and Nick Holiday. This year, add Josh Lewis and Brad Speechley into the halves. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That's the one big tick that they've got. We know that Josh Lewis still has... The most prodigious right boot in this Ron Massey Cup. He can, he has a kick like a mule. He can literally kick a football from one end of the field to the other and turn you around, have you pinned inside your own 20 coming out of trouble. And then you've got Brad Speechley. His experience in the Mountie system for years is going to be a boom. Yes, definitely. But I think you look at everything in that team and it comes back to one player, and that's Heath Lestrange. They are a completely different side when he Is plays. he coming back? He's playing. Again. He's playing. Again. He played the trials. Again. He is back. He he is the X Factor. Well, Speechley, Lewis, Lestrange, they stay fit most of the year, and Bulls could finish top four. Correct. Then you add uh, Mazzy Fido, Zach Chongney, Matt White, and there's talk Ryan Verlinden may even be there. The biggest unit, one of the biggest units in the competition, who might not be as good as he was at Newtown, but the size at this level would be something else, but it's if Lestrange is now back and you have him, Lewis and Speechy, that's six, seven, nine sewn up. Yeah. And at this level that's gold. That could they could be top four material. Definitely. They'll be they'll certainly be confident. They never short of talking themselves up and they'll be expecting that after what happened last year. Correct. And you, you just gotta look at the, the first grade experience they've got in that side. Josh Lewis, Tim Robinson, Daniel Harrison, 
Elaine Gordon and Lestrange. And then you probably throw Dave Bowman into that. And he, I think he's the best back rower in the competition. Well, gee, that's a big call. There's a lot of good ones. but I think he is but he, but he is... He loves that left-hand yeah. fringe. He's oh. made a, a living out of coming down that left-hand fringe for the last five years uh, at the Sapphire yeah. Lounge. And, I, and I'm going to come out on a limb, and they're my smokies to win the comp. Well, there you go. You've heard it here first. That's why we've got him on. So it'll be an intriguing opening match at uh, Henson Park. Let's go to two more teams before we take the break. Geez, it's flown already, yeah. hasn't yeah. it? The Saturday evening fixture, 14th of March, 5pm kickoff. Cabramatta taking on the Wentworthville Magpies. Of course, Cabramatta, the two Blues, they've had all this conundrum in the off-season. Chris Yates leaving the club with some bitterness, it's got to be said. The administrators there, the that faction fell foul of him. He's gone, he took some players with him. They've had massive turnover, uh, not unlike something that's a bit more closer to our neighbourhood in the not-too-distant past. They've got Frank Pritchard now back in the fold and he's taking up the cudgels with the clipboard in his first major coaching appointment. We've seen it so many times. Great players don't necessarily make great coaches, but in Frank Pritchard's case, he was always one of the best students of the game. He's brought his brother in, Andrew Pritchard, as well. I think it's a wait and see with Cabramatta. See where they're going in these first four to six weeks of the competition. We know they've got good kids from their Sydney Shield side that made that grand final. Big ass stepping up to play against real silk and shirt department in the Massey Cup. Definitely. I think uh, I think they'll struggle in, in 2020, to, to be quite frank. I think the lack of players will, will hurt them. I think they're going to have to have players back up from Shield or from Ron Massey Cup. Because well, Shield's should... being played after Ron Massey well, Cup. Well, that so tells you something, doesn't it? Does, it does, straight off the bill. Straight mm-hmm. off the back, it does. Um, look, and that's... that's every home game. Massey will be first at 5pm, yep. Shield afterwards 7. at 7pm. So you're going to have players doubling up all season. And come the middle of July when it gets pretty cold out at New yep. Era on those Saturday nights, that's where they'll feel the pinch. True, and that's a red flag straight away. As soon as you, as soon as you see a draw like that, I don't, I don't think anyone else has ever done that. I've never seen a Shield game played after after Massey. They're going to have to rely a lot on their Shield players from last year. Mm. The, the young kids from Shield that... that Surprised everyone. Surprised everyone. They really did. And um, probably probably if they avoided extra time in those two extra time classics in the final series, yep. probably could have won that Sydney Shield competition. They just have. ran out of gas oh, when they got to the grand final. They, they looked tired. They really did look but tired. But they also are a young side and there's a few hotheads in uh, that in the young group. So. And at Massey Cup level... You have a short fuse, you yeah, get found out very right. quickly. But you look at what they've lost. That, that is the massive. Josh Tangatau, mm. Nathan Malone, Jordan Latham, Jesse Martin, Hanedi Tutuha, Malachi Huma. It's massive. Jack Morris. Jack Morris. Yeah, like it's it's huge. And that's only, that's only some of them. Mm. That we know of. That we know of. Looking at what they've gained, the, the Minotay brothers, again, hot and cold. Drew Pritchard, very good player in the day. Been out of the game for a little while. Answered the brothers' call, no doubt. I'd imagine so. Um, Danny Falalo, massive signing. How much is going to be heaped he, on his shoulders, He though? is going to have to do a lot. Obviously, he'll probably be their marquee player, mm. and he's going to have to do a lot. How much game time will Frank Pritchard give himself? Eventually, I can see him having to put the boots on, and maybe earlier than he anticipated. I don't know if, if Frank will play. Um, I think the saving grace that, that Cabramatta will have is Frank's connection with the Bulldogs. 
and his his relationship with the Bulldogs in the past, he may be able to manipulate some play, some more players than what the Bulldogs would have given Chris Yates and Cabramatta in previous years. Um, that could be the saving grace. Otherwise, I think they'll inhabit the bottom of the table. Ooh, gee, well, maybe bottom half of the eight, yeah. possibly for mine. And I think Frank will play okay. in the second half of the season some football. Don't be surprised you see a quiet little registration around the June 30 deadline just to cover themselves. All right. Uh, their opponents on the opening weekend at New Era Stadium, for mine, are the favourites once again. They are the benchmark. They are the dominant force in this competition. The Wentworthville Magpies, they've won their last three, the last three Ron Massey Cup Grand Finals. They're aiming for a four-peat. It hasn't been done at this level of the game for decades. You always have to go back to the Wentworthville golden era of the second division in the 1960s when they won eight out of nine grand finals. The one grand final they lost, of course, was the one they probably needed to win in 1966 uh, to Penrith that would have got them into the first division and things could have been so much different. You know what you get with Wentworthville. They now no longer have a connection to the uh, Canterbury Cup. It might be some sort of loose connection, but we know that Parramatta want to go their own way and they haven't parted ways, but it's certainly not as strong a connection with Wentworthville as it once was. So they're going to have a core of players who are going to be Massey Cup specialists. And any side that has Bo Henry, who I think is still the best player in this competition, easily by panels of fencing, steering the ship at halfback with Brett Cook as coach, they've got the experience. They haven't lost a lot of players. And for mine, I think it takes a brave man to bet against Wentworthville completing the four-peat at Leichhardt on the last Saturday in September. Definitely. And like you said, Tony, they've won the last three three premierships and they deserve to be to be, uh, to be be favourites. They've been the benchmark of the comp- competition for those three years. Um, and they've been thereabouts going back to the two bounties years yeah. before that. Yep. They've all, they're always there. They're, all, they're, they're a team that's always going to make the eight. There's, there's and no always going to make the top four. <laughs> yeah. um, look, and, and it, it is all on the back of Bo Henry. Bo Henry is is that team. They played three ga- They lost three games last year. Bo didn't play one. He got injured in the other one. And then they, they lost to a red-hot St Mary's side in the middle of the year when St Mary's were on that run. Mm. He is the, the X factor of that team. Everything he does... I, I love watching him play. Mm. Like when I'm on the sideline with Asquith, you just watch him because it, it's poetry in motion. You don't see that. One of those players that has so much time to operate and thinks three and four plays ahead of the rest of the field. Yeah, you just just watch him. He's thinking all the time. Um, You you don't see that at Ron Massey Cup level. Mm. Um, And he can just just turn a game. He just just does it. Um, They've recruited quite quite well. Omar Shlomanko. Massive signing. Absolutely. Like dynamite at the back. In the Challenge Cup um, against Asquith in the semi-final. Bo Henry didn't play. Omar Schlemenkel was the one. Mm. He is the one that... But he can slide into that seven oh. quite easily, even though he's a one and a two. He can uh, play anywhere in the back. In the back line. Yeah. Um, again, his discipline does get him into a bit of trouble. As a record, yeah. but is Brett Cook the man to tame the beast? So to speak, yes. His record perhaps states that he is probably the one coach or one of the few that could do it. But there's also other quality around in that Wentworthville side yep. that is tradesman-like. A lot of people uh, want to have a go at Cook Jr., who does an underrated job for them in that lock second-row position, but does a lot of the tidying up work and the one percenters that are 
that a team needs. And you have a look at some of the others that they've got. Jordan Latham has come back. Tom Bartley, Nathan Malone is a massive, massive get for them at this level of the game. Well, I think I think there's a big one. Edo Nabuli. Oh, yeah. If if he plays Massey, I, I don't know if... You won't see a lot of him at Massey, I don't think, I, I but... I think he's back as a Parramatta player. I'm, mm. I'm not sure. Maybe a replacement and hoping uh, another semi-red Radra comes from it. Um, Possibly. You know, but in the in the Challenge Cup, he was massive. Mm. You know, he was huge. Um, and they've got Chris Tupo as well, who is uh, from the uh, Cronulla. Yep. Played Cronulla 20s and a very, very handy centre winger. Indeed. Indeed. Well, for mine, their favourites... I'm going to tip them to make it four in a row off the bat right here. Okay. I know you won't, no. but we'll come to that in the second half of the program because we've reached half time already. Time flies when you're having fun. This is the Ron Massey Cup preview on Splinters. We'll take the break and come back to look at the other five teams, including your own Asquith Magpies, right after this, as this episode of Splinters continues. The 2019 Australian Ice Hockey League season has concluded with your All About Caring Sydney Bears winning it all. That doesn't mean it's all over for the year on the hockey front. Log on to bearsshop.com.au for all your Bears merchandise options. And stay tuned to Splinters and the Bench for updates coming out of the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League and the world's top competition, the National Hockey League. Sydney Bears, hear us roar. Sponsors of Triple H. on a Tuesday night on Triple H 100.1 FM also at www.triplehfm.com.au and at podcasts.com after that and then all your good places where you have your podcasts iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and all the bad places as well you know, Mearscast Dosencast, I don't know anyway, this is the Rod Massey Cup preview for 2020 we're only a few days away from kickoff of the competition as this episode of Splinters was being put to air. My name is Tony Dosen, the Sultan. I've got Brighton Sharp, eminent expert on the Massey Cup, with me from Brighton Sharp Photography. Let's get stuck straight back down to business. And we're up to two teams who I think may have mixed seasons when they square off on the Sunday of week one. The Sunday the 15th of March, 3pm kickoff, Laybutt Field. Blacktown Workers Seagulls will take on... Mounties, the Mount Pritchard Mounties. Let's look at Blacktown first, shall we? Under uh, their coach, Brad Pryor, yet again. Look, we all know the chequered history they've had at this competition. In the uh, three years they've uh, had the arrangement with Manly Warringah. It's been extended for another three years. The one wish that I have is that they now get that stability and continuity that they frankly have needed because the potential is there. The license club is there. The new facility at Laybutt is now up and running. They've got the uh, the area, the district at their disposal. Rugby League Heartland in the Penrith district. But as we know, sometimes things haven't gone quite the right way. And we get we go into 2020 and we see that Blacktown workers again are probably only fringe top eight contenders when they should be a heck of a lot more. I think I think uh, they'll be the big improvers of 2020. Look, if their depth is tested, 
I think they'll struggle. Because their, their Sydney Shield side... Is very questionable. It is very questionable. Given that they are coming yep. back from a year off under the misapprehension that we discussed in the Sydney Shield episode last week. Yes. And I think you look at their cup side, their New South Wales cup side or Canterbury cup side, mm-hmm. um, and it's brilliant. I think they're going to have a, a fantastic year there. If they stay healthy. If they stay healthy. And that'll, that'll obviously down from Manly. But can they do it at massive level? That's the big question. Mm. Their outside backs are very good. Very good outside backs. Dane Akofalau, Alfred Smalley, Samisi Kioa, Bilal Malbani, John Underrated, Falau. Un- underrated Malbani. And yes. John Falau, okay, family connections to you-know-who, but not a bad player in his own right at this level of the game. Correct. And they've recruited really well this year. They have recruited really well. Pio Nakubawai. Yep. Ken Koro. Very good centre. Absolutely. Gus Garzanetti. Good 5'8". Good 5'8", halfback from the West's yeah. Tigers system that they've managed to snaffle from underneath the Campbelltown connection there. Correct. And he was injured last year. Mm. And they played a little bit of uh, Sydney Shield for yep. for East Campbelltown and a little bit of flag for, for the West Tigers. Mitch Butfield, all that experience he has in the Wentworthville yep. system. Exactly. 300-plus games for that club over a lot of yep. years. Then you've got Lucas Castle from West Tigers as well. Mm. Again, Another very underrated player, Ronnie Palumbo. From East Campbelltown yeah. and all of that experience yeah. from there, he certainly yeah. would uh, has looked in the past to be a Massey Cup quality player minimum. Definitely. And then you've got Kelsey Cokes, who's been around for years with yeah. the rest. And then they've, they've signed uh, young Blake Clayton from the Bulldogs jersey flag. Mm. Um, young Aboriginal, Aboriginal kid, and he's a flyer. Yeah. Very Goes exciting. like the wind. Goes like the wind. Very exciting. I think I think Blacktown will be will be top of the not not the top four, but I think they'll be top of the. They'll be in the eight. Definitely. Oh yeah, fifth or sixth. I reckon they'll oh. they'll give it a, a real shake. This okay. Year. All right. Fair enough. Staying injury free. Well, I think they'll probably scrape into the eight. They'll be fighting for those last couple of positions in the eight. I want to see them go around first before I jump on the bandwagon. All right. Speaking of bandwagons, you don't need a bandwagon with this outfit. Their opponents, Blacktown's opponents in round one, of course, perennial, perennial finalists, perennial powerhouses at this level of the game. Two-time premiers, of course, in the middle of the decade. They couldn't complete their three-peat. That was the start of Wentwoodville's three-peat, but they won two grand finals mid-decade, one of uh, which, of course, was over the Asquith Magpies. We speak of the Mounties, the Mount Pritchard Mounties, the one club that is unbeaten at Story Park, don't forget, since Asquith came into the competition in 2013. It's been a, an interesting place for other opponents to come to. Mounties have no problem, have never lost. Closest was a draw, I believe, in 2016. So there's a little tidbit of information for you there. And I'm sure that Mounties, when they come to Story Park later in the season, will want to keep that unbeaten record intact. But long term, let's have a look at them this season. I think their best recruit has been with the coach's clipboard. Michael Potter takes up the cudgels. Okay, he's been there and done that. A lot of people say, well, you know, he can't get a gig anywhere else. It's virtually been a swap. Jared Farlow's gone to the assistance role at the West Tigers. Uh, Parramatta. Oh, sorry, to Parramatta, I yeah. should say, correct. That Mick Potter yeah. held under Rip Taylor at Wentworthville Magpies last year, and when they were the feeder side to the Parramatta NRL system, they've now done the swap. Farlow's gone up to Parramatta to be the assistant. 
Potter has come back to take Farlow's old job at Albury Keach Reserve. Well, we talk about uh, massive signings for players. It's not very often that you talk about massive signings for coaches, but this is huge. Mm. This is this is massive for Mounties. A coach of his quality. Uh, NRL, Super uh, League experience. 263 NRL and Super League games as a coach. Mm. And then you've got 201 top-grade games as a player. Yep. It's Coach Fiji. Correct. Yeah. Dally M winner. Yep. Uh, amazing. Origin player. The experience he'll bring to that side is second to none. It's it's huge. And that's bringing to a club that is one uh, of the powerhouses of the competition anyway. They're a powerhouse already, and this is just going to make them so much better. So much better. Um, the thing that I've noticed with Mounties probably the last three seasons is... They, they look good throughout the year, but they fall away at the back end of the season. Now, I, I think that... I'll, I'll take issue just yeah. to a point. That semi-final they played against Wentworthville at Cogra during the finals last year was, I think, the second best or one of the two or three best games of the entire final series. Mounties were in that game all night. Um, OK, the bounce of the ball went against them and they didn't execute. That was the only difference in that game. They could have easily beaten Wentworthville and shaken that tag off. Oh. Uh, last year, hundred percent. But what I'm what I'm trying to say is, the past three years, mm. Canberra have taken players from Mounties New South Wales Cup, and then you've got players like Willie Mataka, Steve Tavita, Vince, Vincent Rennie. Mm. They've all got to go out of your your Massey side at the back end of the season when you need your stronger side. Yeah. And, and look, they've still got close, and that shows the caliber of of the players they've got and the quality of the coaches and the coaching staff there. Um, again, we talk about what happens above. Mm. And that's the, the the biggest thing in Ron Massey Cup is what happens above. Mm, absolutely. Because they're, the Ron Massey Cup is the competition that gets affected the most Definitely. by NRL changes. There's no two ways about that. But having a look at Mounties, look, they've still got not just Potter. Sure, they've lost Brad Speechley, but they've still got a very good roster again. And Canberra's flag side, runners up last year. Very, very good talent coming Very through. close to winning that grand yes. final too. They almost took the match into extra time. And probably, if they executed well, probably could have even beaten Souths in that fled grand final. Definitely. And again, we talk about Lestrange at, at Hills. Mounties have got their own. Sam Duggan. Oh, yeah. He is the yeah. artery of that side. Everything And has been for years. Yeah. The beauty about Sam Duggan, his versatility. Yeah. He is just about played everywhere in that side except prop. Yes. Yeah. Quality. Absolute quality. And you add, add recruits like Josh Tangatau, Kane, Kane McQuiggan, yep. Jack Miller, Payapua. Pa Jack Miller, try-scoring machine yep. at shield level for Wentworthville. Yep. Uh, Cameron Cryer, John Toey. John Toey, a very good signing. Cameron Cryer, South African international. Yes. Yep. And there's talk Jake Walsh is back there. Well, if Jake Walsh is there, look out. And the thing, though, about Mounties is they always have the big pack. They've got... Yep. The hard-working big pack of forwards led by Mitch Callahan, who in the absence of Mitch Kennedy is going to have to shoulder a bit more of the work. Yeah, add, add Vince Rennie, Steve Tavita, those those players that I mentioned oh, yeah. earlier that, that play, William usually Mataka. play Mataka. Willie Mataka. Dean um, Madison. Elijah Hunt, a young mm. young 20s player from Canberra. Uh, Atini Gaffer on, on the edge. Well, Atini Gaffer yeah. is one of the most underrated outside backs of the yeah. competition. They've got, they've got halves coming out there. He is Cameron Cryer, Dean Madison... Um, who else we say? Jake Walsh. Uh, it's, it looks good for Mounties. Got to be top four for mine oh, again. Easily, easily. Could even be grand finalist. Could even be grand finalist. And I think they will beat Blacktown 
in that round one match. All right, then. Let's go to the team that has the bye in round one that will open their campaign in round two at home at their beloved McCready Park. Speak of the Guildford Owls. They come back again, but the question marks, you want to talk about back end of the season, they faltered badly at the first hurdle in each of the last two final series. I still remember that 2018 last round game we called at McCready where they were in the top four until until St Mary scored that length of the field try out of the middle of you know where in the last 60 seconds to scrape into the top four on four and against even yep. though they lost on the day. St Mary's went on to make the grand final and Guildford got bounced out in round one of the playoffs. Correct. And then it happened again to them last year where they were threatening top four. They ended up fifth and again got bounced out in week one of the playoffs by a rampant Hills District Bulls in that knockout elimination final last year. They've lost Josh Lewis now and, gee, I don't know what happens. Look, I think the, the two positives out of, well, for this year will be their direct link with Parramatta in the Canterbury Cup. Mm. So Parramatta have jumped on, on board with Guildford this year and I think they've kept the backbone of their 2019 team together. Your Dom Reed and Jim Matt Ryan, your yep. Dylan McEwens, Taniela Lasalo. Matt Ryan Matt, is Matt big Woods. still and Matt Ryan is still big for that side. Yep. He offers that calm head when others around do lose theirs, yes. including possibly the coach. Yeah. Well, I'm not I'm not going to get into that Tony. Um but yes, it's it, that's the one thing that I I think. Kills. Don't get me wrong, he'll he'll kill me for saying that now that he hears about this but Paul Fletcher is one of the Best, hardest, toughest men in this at this level of the game. He's forgotten more about the game than most of us will ever remember. But there is that hard edge which can send players the wrong way, and that's where you need a Matt Ryan to just be the water on the fire. Sometimes. And I think the the biggest killer last year was their discipline. You know, oh yes, Dom Reardon spent three or four weeks on the sideline for for abusing a referee, um, and and things like that. You know, you you can't. I'm not going to go out and say that referees target sides. <laughs> been an ex-referee myself but it was clear at times last year that perhaps referees paid more attention to what Guildford were doing at times given that their reputation perhaps preceded them because referees talk yeah, amongst themselves at training sessions and before games I've seen it yep. I've been involved in it myself and perhaps that does happen even though it, that will be denied from officials from here till the cows come home and they can deny it all they like and that's probably something that they Guildford have to work on because in such an even competition for mine perhaps outside the top one or two or three that's going to be an X factor that will kill you definitely definitely and I think the um, the biggest the biggest concern for Guildford is the loss of their halves Josh Lewis and Panani Manumalil yeah um, it's going to leave them very very light on halves Lazarus Brown is back there Yes. Um, he'll, he'll add a bit. The, the, the Lye brothers, mm-hmm. Mally and Lever, one of them will probably play 5-8. Um, Ryan King's there as well. He's probably got... But Lee Valley, Miley Lee, yeah. look, at this level of the game, yeah, one of them will play 5-8, but, but they can't do it with all due respect to the level of a Josh Lewis, it's no. got to be said. And they've got, they've got young Jaden Field coming through. I think he's, he's probably the player to watch at Guildford. He's earmarked. Yeah, he's... No he, doubt, no doubt for the future. Yeah, he's electric. But he's, he's electric. But, but he's raw at Massey Cup regular level. He'll have to grow a lot in a short space of time this year. Well, I saw him play a Challenge Cup game the start of 
2019, scored four tries, just cut cut uh, the Wyong Roos to pieces. Mm. Cut them to pieces. Amazing speed, amazing talent. Mm. So he could be someone they'll use in the halves. Yeah, but on the way. Or at full back. Yeah. Or even out of dummy half when... The likes of King et al. are off the field. Well, that's where know. that's where that's where he was dangerous. Just springing out a dummy half and going through the middle at tied forwards. Mm, mm. Again, I think I think they'll be mid mid eight. Will they finish fifth again? I hope they don't finish fifth. Get bounced out in week one as they have done the last two years. Paul Fletcher et al. will be dreading that scenario if they finish fifth again. <laughs> and, a, and a side note: if if you ever get a chance to go to McCready Park, they do the best chicken burger. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, know, I know when the Asquith uh, staff go oh, there, they, they sell out twice. Look, so. I know that when we've called there, I don't think we're down to call there, unfortunately, this year, which is a real shame. It's a lovely little shed they set you up in there, the old uh, barbecue shed in there. And yes, the chicken burgers are to die for in that canteen at McCready Park. They're playing a lot of their home games on Saturday evenings this year, though. Yeah, too, 5 which p.m. Is a, so. Which is an interesting move by Graham. Graham Bomwick. Yeah. Graham Bomwick and, and, the, and the committee there to try and attract interest as a Saturday evening attraction locally oh, to go back to the club afterwards. Personally, I wish all games were Saturdays. I, I love I love Saturday afternoon, Saturday night football. I think it's the best. You can watch your footy, you can do something afterwards, you don't have to... I know you're speaking to players as well, they don't like playing Sunday afternoon, yeah. especially at this level when, when they have to get up for work the next I day. I know this, however, we at Triple H. I know, I know. It suits us to a T, but anyway, uh, that's a debate for another time. Look, I think they'll finish. They'll, they'll probably finish bottom half of the eight. Guildford. Don't know where they'll go any further. All right, that leaves us two sides left. Let's look at the uh, two sides that will feature in our Triple H FM first broadcast game for 2020 on Sunday, the 15th of March at St Mary's League Stadium. Two sides that finished in the top four last year and probably expect to finish in the top four again this year in 2020. Let's have a look at the uh, two-time runners-up. Firstly, the St Mary Saints, who have uh, been beaten by Wentworthville in the last two grand finals, uh, also played another grand final in their uh, uh, first year back in the in their first year in the competition in uh, 2017 when they came out with a big broad statement: "We're going to win both. We're specials to win both." They found that it's not all that easy to be the to step up from being the big fish in the Penrith A-grade pond. They've been a powerhouse, admittedly, at this level of the game. They only have one Sydney Shield Premiership to show for the four years they've been in the competition. They've been close, though. They've got to the last two Ron Massey Cup Grand Finals, and you've got to say they're going to be a big, big chance to be there again to have another crack at Wentworthville on that last Saturday in September. Yeah, look, they're my early pick to win the comp. I think I think they will they will go very. You will get close. sacked from your position at Asquith for saying that. I know, but uh, you just got to. Unless look. you're trying reverse psychology. No, not at all. I, I just I call it how I see it. So they're always a contender. They're always there. This year, I think just their recruitment and, and Penrith twenties was have been really good. Um, I think this year they'll do it. Well, St- Shane Elford is there. And we know what to expect. I think Pat Hollis's game time is going to be a factor because he's now eventually taken the step up into that Penrith system. Well, I'm pretty sure he's Penrith top 30. You know, year, so. and which is not before time. In fact, maybe a little overdue if it was two or three years ago when he was that brute force that he was. 
for St. Mary's at this level of the game. He probably could have done better in the pennant system, but he's there now, so they may not see a lot of him in the bottle green and white, uh, which will be a big miss. However, they've got the Greeks, George Billy Sakrikis there, the Greek internationals who played such a role in their World Cup qualification at the back end of last year. Jake Toby, if he, they can get him settled in one position rather than shuffle him around between 5'8", hooker and half. No, I think, I, think, um, I think he's got to play fullback. Or fullback. I, re I really think But they've got to one position, not three or four, and use him because his effectiveness is dulled when he gets shuffled around. Well, with, with signing someone like a Jared Brackenhofer, that mm. sort of, he can play anywhere in the halves. Yes. Or he can play hooker. Yes. So that sort of will give Toby more time at fullback. That's the way I see to it. To run at players from open, broken field play, where he's at his most dangerous to use his speed. And then you just got to look at what they've recruited in their, in their forwards. You mentioned Brackenhofer, yeah, though, yeah. firstly. Yeah. He's a key signing, given his versatility. Definitely. And the fact that perhaps he was behind the queue a little bit at Mounties, he's going to get an opportunity to step up and be the main man, close to the main man in the St Mary's liner. Definitely. And, he, and he'll bring so much, a wealth of experience to that side. Mm. He, he's a quality player. And you got, look at their forwards they've signed. Sam McKendry. Yep. Massive. Kiwi International. Yeah. Antonio Pelasasa. Yep. Huge. Josh Martin from, from Manly. Yes. Another one. Jordan, Jordan Hall's returning to rugby league. Yes, great to see yes. him back. Yeah. Wasted in yeah. that other code. Yeah. And then you've got Jock, Doc Navalu as well. Absolutely. And Doc Navalu, absolute machine for Asquith those yep. last couple of years. Might be a little bit temperamental, but you know with Doc Navalu, he'll give you 120%. And he'll leave blood in his boots every time he steps out. And I think the, the key player returning for them is Alan Fitzgibbon on the wing. Oh, yeah. He's more than just a winger. He's an, an extra battering ram forward, particularly coming out of trouble yeah. inside their own 20. And is very much one of those players that every club needs that provides soul. Yes. Like, Alan, Alan is very very quick on his feet. Um, mm. You know, he's, he's a young, another young Aboriginal kid who who is just electric speed. Oh, yeah. Shows electric speed. Absolutely. So Absolutely. definitely, I, I think I think they'll be first. I think they'll they'll top the top the comp. And do you think they'll finish ahead of Wentworthville in the yep. minor premiership? I do. Okay, I beg to differ. I think it'll be the other way round. Well, they were one point off last. Well, one. They were one point yeah. off last year, admittedly. And under the top eight system, it doesn't really make that much of a difference unless no. you get beaten in week one. You get separated apart if you finish one and two to meet in the grand final anyway. Yep. But yeah, it's bragging rights. Uh, if you finish first or second. For mine, I think they make the grand final again. And I think they might get beaten for a third time. But I know people are going to nail me to that. But, again, I call it as I see. That's why we're here. I don't see anybody else out there, particularly those that go under monikers and don't have the guts to put their real names to their opinions out there on forums and social medias. You know, with me... You know my name, I don't go under flowery, wanky names that are made up over a few beers after or over in a wet dream. I don't know. But anyway, I know by saying that I'm going to get myself into a lot of trouble by those people now. You know where I am. You know where I'll be. I'll be easy to find at Ron Massey Cup Games this year. If you're one of those individuals, come up and say hello. Come up and say hello. I don't bite. At least not unless I'm asked. Anyway, all right, let's uh, look finally at 
our own Asquith Magpies, shall we? The club you're a paid part-time employee of. Well, I'm not. I'm not paid, but but an employee or a or a, a, volunt- a voluntary employee yeah. employee of the club, as a right hand, left hand, middle hand man of Pat Wisner, a man who has a lot of his own critics out there, and frankly, for mine, Asquith have had another massive recruiting round again this off season, and on paper have all these big names in their lineup. Again, we've got to finish top four minimum. I hope that, and I'll say this unequivocally, I hope that Asquith timed their form run better this year than what they did last. I know that it'll be denied from here to kingdom come by individuals, but for mine, they peaked far too early. The Asquith of mid-June was not the Asquith of September. And you can't afford to win one of your last nine games at the back end of the season and expect to win anything, which is what happened to Asquith in 2019. Uh, They've got to be timing their run to hit their peak in September. They don't hand out grand finals in June. And that's going to be Asquith's challenge again with all these players coming together and gelling. Yes, North Sydney Roosters are going to be asking a heck of a lot, probably more than what other clubs ask other teams to do. But I think now that... They've got a year to get used to that off the field, Asquith, and plan accordingly. Yeah, definitely. And I think the the relationship between Asquith and Norse is, is fantastic. I've never seen it, and I've been involved with a few clubs. I've never seen a relationship like that with a with a um, Canterbury Cup side and a Massey side. You know, there's combined training sessions. Um, players train with Norse, and then they pl- then they train with Asquith. It, it is fantastic, and there's a real good feel about the place. Mm something I haven't felt before yeah I think it it's it's it is gelling to something and, and look Wisner uh, Paddy Wisner has a lot of a lot of critics out there why I don't know I don't know why um come and speak to the bloke you know he is the the smartest coach you'll mm-hmm. ever meet mm-hmm. he's a football nerd I oh, know that much oh me and him we we can talk for hours like it's just it's it's ridiculous how much he knows and at this level it is his knowledge is, is impeccable, and and it shows with with the players that that stay. Like a lot of the players travel over an hour to train, yes. over an hour to play. Like people don't see that on the outside. They do that because they want to play under him because they can see it is building to something special. Well, it's time to deliver for mine this year for Asquith. The Asquith committee took the punt. They gave Pat Wisner the three-year contract. This is year two of those three years. And it's now time. Okay, they got to a top four finish in 2019. But it left people lingering, wanting so much more, given where they were in the middle of the season, challenging, particularly when they beat St Mary's at Story Park in that mid-June match. People walked away that day thinking, hey, maybe this is it. Maybe this is a delivery to the promised land and then it petered out after that there can be no repeat of that this year no and look there were there were underlying factors at the end of last year why they won one of nine games you know there was a stage there where the flu went through the club and we lost 13 players for a game that was the game where they got flogged by hills mm-hmm. um, we, but that happens to a lot of, yeah, a lot of clubs and, though and they haven't even was, touched coronavirus no. yet and there was there was injuries to key players other clubs get them too I understand um, but look that's all we can put it down to I, I don't know what else it was it came in, down to problems in the halves where there were different halves combinations every week if you want to get really particular they've got to sort out 
who's the best seven, who's the best six, who's the best one, pick and stick. And, and, and players they've recruited, mm. Manaya Rudolph. Manaya Rudolph is huge. Oh, he is. If he doesn't play up the line at North Sydney. But if he stays for a year, he carried the Auburn Warriors to a Ron Massey Cup grand final in Correct. 2017 as the best halfback in the competition. Better than Bo Henry. Better than uh, Nathan Davis. Better than a lot of others at that time. That preliminary final at Lidcombe Oval, he carried Davis on his back and, and yeah. took him to school. Yeah. Oh, he single-handedly beat St Mary's that day. Mm. Single-handedly did it. And if he can... and if. The key can be found to him, and he can stay injury-free. That could be the X factor. Yes, and again, we've said it about all the teams. It is going to depend on what feeds down from the Roosters, from North Sydney. Um, but who gets taken up more often than not? Because it appeared last year that definitely. Norths took more than they gave. And they're happy to do that. If, if players are performing at, at Massey level, and, and Pat's happy to send them up there. They deserve it. They deserve a crack. Let's you, have a look at what else, they, they, well, what else look, they've got. I think... I think a massive signing is Josh Daly. Yep. Josh Daly is huge. Now, he's signed with North. Yep. But I'm pretty sure he'll start with Asquith. And then um, he won't be seen after about four games. I think Tristan yeah. Evans-Soy, though, that's the buy for mine. The 28 tries he, he scored at uh, Sydney Shield level after playing Canterbury A-grade for East Hills in 2018. Much better than that. He can learn a lot in this system. And then you look at Eli Roberts, Jack Morris, Doris Miller, Willie Manu. Willie Manu at 40-something years of age. I don't know about that. Josh Bergman, I think, is a great get. And Mike Warren seeing a blast from the past. A mate of Pat Wisner's, and he'll be targeted for that, I'm sure. It's an interesting, eclectic mix of recruits. Yeah, well, definitely. Like Willie, Willie Manu is a very, very interesting one. Sort of people are saying, well, he's 39 years old, but he's training the house down. He beat all the boys in the in the wrestling. Uh, that wouldn't be hard, <laughs> given and, his background. He's he's learnt from the best, and, uh, the best wrestling coach in the competition at Melbourne. Uh, look, he is going. He is going to be just the experience factor from Willie is is massive. Uh, Mike Warrency, uh, obviously a bit of Super League experience there. Um, played his first game in three years a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago. He got a split lip. He got a split lip. Yeah, and uh, look, he's he's a bit underdone, but he'll be. Uh, He'll be, he'll be definitely in the selections. All right. Okay. Um, but you add Magnus Stromquist, Will Solway. We know we know the, the power yeah. of their pack um, that got them into that top four Shane position Keel, last year. Zach Nichols. You've got players like that. The footballing journalist Mike Pearsall. I know. Yeah. It, it's all there, but they've got to get Rudolph in the halves and get him steering the, the team around the paddock if they're going to not peter out from a top four finish. I think they'll finish top four, but I want to see... A bit more consistency when it matters most in the back half of the season before I tip them. All right. But it will be great to call them. And the new uh, facilities at Story Park, which were opened three weeks ago, I've seen them. It'll be great to call from that new elevated platform this year. We're not going to be climbing ladders anymore. We're not going to be breaking health regulations anymore. We're going to be calling from a great position at Story Park, I can tell you, in 2020. All right. We're out of time. In fact, we've gone over time. In fact, we've played a bit of extra stoppage time at the end of this second half. It's been such a pleasure, Brydon, uh, to be with you for this special preview edition of Splitters. And we will catch up, no doubt, during the year. Thank you, Tony. Bring on the footy. Absolutely. And it starts on the weekend of March 14 and 15. Next week, join us again at the same time for another edition of Splinters. Until then... 
This is Tony Dyson the Sultan saying goodbye.